1: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton, Greg White, with you here on Chain now. Welcome to today's live stream, Gregory. How are we doing?
0: Very good, Scott. Hey, I want to share something. I am uh, at this little event here. So as we were talking about, it's uh, it's maybe a little bit more stoic version of mid or of South by Southwest, right? Uh, where a bunch of tech people get together and investors meet with founders and and try to find good ideas so we're going to get started right after this i'm looking forward to it
1: i i'm looking forward to getting your
0: report from the field
1: (laughs) i'm looking forward to getting your key takeaways from that session maybe share on the buzz on monday but regardless great to see you i know you've had a big week of travel um hanging out with all the movers and shakers speaking of we've got one here today live with us so back by popular demand greg is a repeat guest business leader whose firm is doing some really big things in the industry. And today, our guests is going to be sharing three key freight audit strategies to cut those costs. So timely message and a great show teed up, right, Greg?
0: Yeah, no question. And in, a warmer, in warmer climes than we are. So see the envy? This is my envy face. <laughs> Actually, this is my everything face, but also envy.
1: Well, folks, hey, we want to hear from you. So uh, we're going to walk through some really interesting data and some perspective and expertise and some best practices, again, to cut those costs, especially from a freight standpoint. Drop your uh, comments uh, in the chat and we'll work those in uh, throughout the day. So, Greg, with no further ado, and we'll say hello to a few folks as folks uh, hit the lunchtime live stream here today. But with no right. further ado, I'm going to welcome in uh, our guest today. You ready to go?
0: I am ready. Let's outside. do it without a do.
1: With that, <laughs> with, with that said, then, I want to bring in our dear friend Shannon Valancourt, president and founder with Rate Links. Hey, hey, Shannon, how are you doing?
0: Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing great. great, all things considered, because there was no warm temperatures, Maseratis, or golfing mentioned in, in our <laughs> pre-show. I noticed hey. Hey,
2: we had a frost delay this morning, so oh, did you really? I, I am roughing it.
0: Thank yeah,
2: suffering this is uh, <laughs> this is the face of suffering
0: <laughs> So and also just, your face of everything else. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah
1: so we may have two or three folks cause you know, of course, Shannon's been with us numerous times, Greg. A few folks <laughs> out there in our global ecosystem may not know how much of a golf uh, uh, devoted uh, enthusiast that Shannon is, he's really good. So just a uh, heads up. If you see him out uh, in the country club somewhere, uh, bet him quarters, not Ooh, dollars. Is that right, Shannon?
2: No, no, I'm not. I'm the one you want to bet with. It's my kids. You want to stay away. <laughs> yeah. From. Those are the ones
0: you got to stay clear of.
2: Yeah. I awesome. mean, my, my son is home finally from, uh, Syracuse. He'll be a PGA professional here in. About 45 days. So wow. he's the one you definitely want to stay away from. He's a, uh, he's a plus.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to connecting with him in person and not betting, but getting some lessons yeah. from Greg, maybe. What yeah, he won't
0: even set foot on the course with us, Scott, if he's <laughs> smart. That, that could only do damage to his game.
1: And and reputation. That's right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really, really quick. want we'll say hello to a few folks. Uh, we've got Jonathan tuned in with us. Uh, Jonathan, let us know via LinkedIn where you are tuned in from. we got Mike DeWerf. Uh, from Croatia, tuned in via LinkedIn. Mike, great to have you here. Oh, great. Um, you. Hey, Kevin Bell is back with us. He was in Atlanta last week. Uh, we're an inch of supply chain, co- or where a bunch of supply chain conference oh. attendees were staying at a certain hotel. Well, Kevin, great to have you back. I appreciate all that you're doing out in the industry. And finally, Mark Preston. Uh, a continuous improvement, OPEX, Lean Guru, and then some. Mark, great to have you here and appreciate all that you're doing out in the industry and look forward to reconnecting soon with you. Um, okay, so Shannon and Greg, uh, golf was not our fun warm-up question here today, right? Uh, what, I, Where I want to start before we get into um, a lot of uh, powerful uh, freight perspective is This day in business history, so get this, Shannon and Greg, on this day in 1969, Dave Thomas, yes, that Dave Thomas, opened Mm -hmm. the first Wendy's old-fashioned hamburger restaurant in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Now, he named it for his eight-year-old daughter, Melinda, whose nickname was Wendy. So with that as a backdrop, uh, and this might be, this is going to be some contentious part of our conversation, man. With that as a backdrop, Shannon, and then Greg, Shannon, what is uh, a place where you can get a good burger that's more or less widely available. So not talking about a hole in the wall place. There's plenty of great burgers there. What's a good burger that is more widely available?
2: Well, you know, that's a great question. If I was, if I was still in my twenties, I could probably tell you. Um, <laughs> right.
0: But your doctor, is with you.
2: <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you hit my age, it's not a good idea anymore. Um, Shuts you down. I would say, I mean, I got to go back. I'm going to go back. So I've had the pleasure of working at McDonald's, Hardee's, and Mm. A&W. Wow. Um, And so I go back to those days, and I would say probably Hardee's, Um, just from the nostalgia and that time frame. You know, if it's still good today, I don't know. I don't. It's not really my thing anymore. Okay. But, uh, I'd have to go back to Hardee's. Um, if I'm going back to the days when I would consider myself more of a burger connoisseur.
1: Okay. That's that's a good one. And I'll tell you, I know you were sharing things with us pre-show about Dave Thomas. The Hardee's backstory is also interesting mm-hmm. because the founder that founded the company or the first one in North Carolina that gave it its name, Hardy, um, was separated from the corporate behemoth early on in, in yeah. the lifetime. So y'all, Google that. Um, all right. So Greg Hardee's was Shannon's suggestion. What would be your answer to that? Where can you get the first, get a really good, more or less widely available hamburger?
0: Yeah. A quick, uh, useless tidbit Hardy's and Carl's jr, which you have in Phoenix, Shannon are now the same company. Yep. Um, I'd be interested if you try a Carl's jr, if you can get permission, how you rate that versus a Hardy's burger. I, you know, I, it's like I would,
2: you know, the problem is with the with the Hardy's burger, you know, that goes back. I mean, that's where I met my wife, um, back in the day. So it's like that's wow. gonna be a tough one to top.
1: Yeah, for a mm-hmm. variety of reasons too. So Greg, <sighs> stand in the liver. 100%. What is it?
0: In and out, hundred percent. In and out, freshest meat, freshest vegetables you can get. Um, yeah, it, and and. The greatest way to, co- to cause controversy in fast food burgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so we're gonna have to try one of those uh, on one of our next in and out
0: double double with cheese, animal style.
1: Oh man, Sign me up. all
0: this secret used to be secret menu. Now it's all on their website. But go on, Shannon.
1: I've done. I mean,
2: I you know I've heard the the lore of in and out, and I remember going there, and I was like, that's it.
0: <laughs> I just like that it's, so, it, you can count on it to be fresh, right? We're going to get, I guarantee you we're going to get somebody from Texas who says
1: folks to Greg's point, y'all let us know mm-hmm. where way in, where do you see uh, a good burger? So this LinkedIn yeah. user hard to pick between Wendy's and in and out, I would add one more to the discussion before we move on this Freddy's. My kids yeah. turned me on this Freddy's place. <laughs> And I'm gonna tell you um that was a really good burger. I, t- I took the kids I think last week week before last and uh the fries are really mm. tiny. They're yeah. not McDonald's fries, Greg. And Shannon and we we've, we've caused quite a turmoil last time we talked about the best fries. Yeah, but anyway, you'll check out there. Freddy's. What's that, Greg?
0: I said we shouldn't even go go towards fries. So <laughs> Freddy's is also from Wichita, Kansas.
1: Ah, okay. Man,
0: um, and it's it's a it's a chain version of a really really Uh, Good burger stand in Wichita, which I will not name because it's (laughs) top
1: secret. Okay, all right. So a few other folks weighing in, and then we're going to get down to business. So Cecil says In and Out. Period. I love that. Uh, Mark says Ted's Bison Burger. I've I've had one of those before. That's that is a good burger. Mark and Amanda, me and my son Ben love Whoppers from Burger King, but McDonald's French fries by a mile. Or the wind for the win. That's right. And big thanks to Amanda, Chantel, and Clay for helping to make production happen today. Okay, so we got to get down to work. As much as I want to talk about burgers over the next uh, hour or so. And by the way, Clay says Five Guys, not too shabby. That's a really good shabby. burger. Agreed. Yeah, not too cheap either. <laughs> yeah, we're not too cheap <laughs> for that price.
2: That's so a perfect on a, on
1: a taste
2: per per dollar. I don't know. It's good.
1: Oh. Spread. Shannon, that is a great segue, perfect segue, because where we're going to start our conversation today, uh, you you view life, view the universe through a data lens, right, Shannon, if we've learned anything about you working together for the last couple of years, you've got that analytical mind and and, uh, making use cases and business cases with each decision, each conversation, so on that note, I want to start with a little did you know segment. Cause you and the uh, rate links team have collected a variety of data points that might surprise some of our audience members. So, so share a few of those here.
2: All right. So we did some, did a little research here on freight audit <clears throat> and just a couple of tidbits we found. Uh, so the average cost to process an invoice,
1: a freight invoice, afraid right?
2: A freight invoice, yep. invoice uh, is about $14. Hmm. I would argue that it would. I think it depends on the freight invoice. I think there are some that are even more. I mean, unless you've lived the dream and tried to do one yourself, it's it's complicated. I mean, I remember 20 years ago when we first got into this and I got the first freight invoice and tried to do it by hand. I would argue that it costs a lot more than 14 bucks uh, to audit that thing. And that's what uh, caused me to write the whole system uh back then. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because it was yeah. I mean yeah, I can tell you the long boring story, but <clears throat> we don't have enough time for that one. <laughs> but but that's what started the whole thing was I got a real freight invoice and I'm like
0: wasted I mean, half a day on
2: um... <laughs> Oh my God, I swear to God. I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, the sun's setting and I'm still <laughs> got this thing sitting in front of me and I'm paralyzed. I don't know. I'm like, there's gotta be a better
1: way. Well One quick takeaway, I love, and and Greg, I think we've talked talked about this before, you know, Shannon's been there and done it, has felt the pain, and that what did fuel the genesis of of rate links is doing big things out in the industry, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's where you look, is you find a a common and painful inefficiency in the marketplace and you solve it, Yeah. right? And I mean, that's just, that is really just the start of it for you, Shannon, but I mean... That's that is the root of technology. When you know when someone of Shannon, Shannon's level spends half a day or even just a couple hours on a on a freight invoice, that is a huge expense, mm. right? And then you multiply that times the number that you get every single day, and it is you know just you can just imagine growing hordes of people doing this thing, and then that's when technology starts to really <coughs> make sense.
1: Yep, agreed. So Shannon, talk about uh, uh, how, how long for a freight bill to be paid after shipment delivery or the service uh, being yes. completed. Tell us about that.
2: So the average is about, it's over a month. Uh, so 37 days is what we found, which is, again, I can believe it uh, when you think about all the, the things you have to do with a given invoice. Not only do you have to audit it, you know, after, my, after the sunset, it's like, okay, now you got to make that decision on payment. you got to allocate it to the correct GL code, do whatever type of other cost accounting you might be doing on it. Uh, so that's a 37-day lag uh, from the day that you send that freight out the door until it actually gets paid. So you think Man. about that from a financial perspective, that's a pretty big lag
0: Yeah,
1: which
2: cause some issues there.
1: So I like this next one, this, this next factoid, uh, especially as it relates to assumptions out there. I think this is going to surprise some folks. What's next, Jen?
2: Yeah, so the next is uh, 75% of logistics leaders believe that there are negligible discrepancies between the final quote they got and the freight invoice. Uh, and the reality is that 60% do not match the final quotation uh, and you know it's funny. I've I've had this experience a lot with customers where you go and and you you're helping them with some data and you're looking at it and they're like, eh, you know it's not off by that much. Uh, so I was sitting in front of a customer's years ago and and they're like, you know, five dollars give or take, so what? And I'm like, well, don't you do ten thousand a day? <laughs> And they're like, "Well, do we? <laughs> 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 yeah, you do. You do ten thousand a day. So if they're eh,
1: off half million, truck, so of the
2: that's pretty, pretty good gig. I go, maybe I should get a truck and start hauling freight.
0: You again. <laughs> Holy wow. yeah, no kidding. um, I'm curious not to stop us too early here, but I'm curious." Is this true even of companies with technology who are reconciling and auditing, which is, you know, what we're going to talk about here, or, I mean, is this a survey of just manual processing or is it the processing overall?
2: <laughs> so most of my stories come from very large companies.
0: Okay. Who have, who have to have some technology.
2: Who have technology. Cause you can't, you know, if you're doing onesie twosies a day, those are the ones that, um, Probably don't cost as much to audit, probably don't take as much time to audit because you can remember I remember what I did a week ago when I only did the one thing right, you know, or I only did a couple of that a week ago. You remember you put your you know you get your little post it <laughs> stick it on your little table, <laughs> you got your dollar amount on there it you know this thing can hold a lot of those when you're only doing a few a day, right, yeah, and I think that's where. You know it's really the larger companies it is it is kind of surprising um or at least it was at first it's not so surprising anymore uh now that i've been doing this for 20 years but that's Man. just that's the world we live in and i think it's because they they look at that cost and there's like 14 dollars to audit that invoice right so yeah five <laughs> bucks is <good> enough
1: <clears throat> so Let's um, for the sake of time, let's choose, choose one more factoid and share. Cause I'm looking forward to this next segment that we're going to go to next. So Shannon, share one more factoid with us.
2: I would say, uh, so auditing has an average of six to 8% of recovery. So again, you take all these little discrepancies, you're probably overpaying your freight by about six to 8% if you're not truly auditing. So So think about next time you go to the grocery store and you're checking out, um, you know, just be close enough. (laughs) You gas up, you're like, eh. Pump said, you know, a lot right now, five bucks a gallon. But it's like, I don't know, I paid about five and a quarter. It's close enough, right? Yeah. This is the only industry that I've ever uh, experienced in my life. And, you know, coming from an engineering background, you know, we're about precision. Mm. And not not this one. This is truly horseshoes and hand
0: grenades. Wow. Maybe
2: closer to hand grenades.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, by the time you add up 10,000 times five, which I did wrong the first time, by the way, <laughs> it's 50 grand a day, right? And if you only collect 6% of that, that is a minuscule amount of collection. But that is a massive $50,000 mm-hmm. a day. I'm 365. I'm not even going to attempt that math. It's a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> All right. So now, that you're going to recover a significant portion of it.
1: So, so now hopefully if we've got um, your attention and we filled in, uh, some of your blind spots with some of those factoids there, cause I bet a lot of folks, Shannon, uh, you kind of gave some of those anecdotal conversations. I bet there's a lot of conversations like that playing out across the industry. <clears throat>
0: A lot of heads nodding out there right
1: now. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Um, okay, so I want to move into this next segment. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we were talking pre-show. So up next, we're going to get Shannon's take on stop. You're doing it all wrong. That's not how it's supposed to work. So Shannon, what are business leaders and organizations doing that they shouldn't be?
2: Well, I, I'd say that the the issue is they're dealing with a lot of things anecdotally. Uh, so, and, you know, I, I see this a lot with um, not just freight and transportation, but just in business alone. You know, you, you've got that anecdote of the one thing that just happened, and that's where they kind of hang their hat on things. So on the freight invoice and audit side, you know, they may look at that one uh, that happened that, oh, no, I caught the big one. Don't don't worry about that one. I caught the real big over overcharge of an invoice. So then they think everything's fine mm. and they're doing good. And And I think that's where they kind of lose track of how things are, are going. You kind of get in that routine and you have people who are just kind of locked in. And, you know, all of a sudden now you've got a logistics person who's been hired to move freight is now responsible for auditing bills. And it just kind of happens especially through the pandemic and all that you know people are just so focused on moving freight they they were just trying to get stuff paid and out the door and you had people doing multiple jobs at once and and i think that's that's the issue it's like you know what are you really trying to accomplish you know we talk about data quality a lot at rate links and and when we talk about data quality, the first thing that we always talk about is, is the data fit for its intended purpose? So if I'm doing freight audit and it's on my company, I've got my my freight bills going through, what's the intended purpose of that data? Right. Is it to just pay the bill? Or are you trying to mine that for data and intelligence? Because if you're trying to do that, you got to completely change how you're doing everything. Uh. because You're not collecting what you should be collecting. Uh, you're not measuring it the way you should be measuring it. You're not, you don't have the level of scrutiny that you really need on it. Uh, you know, we were looking at, I saw another, uh, I mean, actually this morning, uh, we were looking at some stuff, and um, as a company, they have a system where they collect all their freight bills in. They absolutely get it paid, no problem. But yet they're saying they have no visibility. I don't know what we spend. And it's like, well, isn't it right there? Mm. And what they really meant was I don't have the detail. So, yes, I see a big number, but that's no different than the financial number. I can pull that GL code, you know, on the books. Every company keeps track of it. But the devil's in the details, you know, that's that's the magic. And that's where I think that's where everybody's missing that step as to how to how to take this data and and transform it and really make it uh, be more intelligent. And I I think think the word that should be used is coherent. They have a lot of incoherent data. Okay. And and I think that's the issue. You know, you think about that, you know, when you're, you know, like those of us with kids, you know, you wake your kid up in the middle of the night, he's all kind of groggy and odd, but he's very incoherent, makes no sense. Like, you're not making any sense. What do you need? What do you want? <laughs> Wakes you up in the middle of the night. You're incoherent. Can't make good decisions. Right. And then yeah. companies wonder why that happens. Is because their data is not coherent. It's incoherent. Mm.
1: All right, Shannon. Um, and, and folks, just a minute. We're going to get into three um, best practices to really cut those costs, especially uh, via freight auditing. But Greg, weigh in on that. I mean, Shannon shared, you know, a lot of thoughts there. One of them was around you having the right people in the right roles, right? Not um, uh, making sure we got the uh, right talent and the right seats on the bus—that proverbial phrase—and then, of course, that coherent data. I love that analogy: waking kids up in the middle of the night and giving them freight bills. But Greg, what did you hear Shannon say there?
0: Well, I mean, data fit for the purpose, right? Is is the appropriate thing? I mean, and it's and the most important thing you said, my opinion. The devil's in the details. You need the detailed data that shows you where that five bucks went, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we spent X on freight bills is one thing, but we spent X plus five bucks on every freight bill is is really important to find out. And then to find out that, yeah, we recovered, right? We recovered um, on that really, really big invoice that everybody took notice of. But we recovered like 30 grand or three grand out of the 50 grand that we lost on that really big freight deal. So big deal. I mean, if right. you put the numbers that Shannon's presented to us together, right, the critical thing is to understand the details. And it's, it's not that hard to do, you just have to capture it, right? You have yep. to, you have to project that data out to your trading partner and collect that data back from your trading partner to know What what's really going on there? I am stunned by this, honestly, Shannon. Every time we talk about this, I'm absolutely stunned. I can't. So I think of of it from this standpoint: as a former merchandiser and purchaser, for every jug of antifreeze that I bought, if I paid an extra buck for that or an extra fifty cents for that, I would be absolutely crucified. That could actually be criminal (laughs) for doing that with merchandise. Mm. I mean um so the, i think the thing that you have to think about is that this is a unique exception and while it's standard <clears throat> practice in the freight industry it is it is a significant outlier in to other aspects of the business you would never ever expect or accept this in any other aspect of the business
1: yep yeah. well said um uh, all right so shannon before we move into the you know three pro tips, secret tips, maybe Uh, anything else you want to add to this. Hey, you're doing it wrong. uh, segment, anything else, Shannon, for me forward.
2: No, I I think it's just, you know, the the bottom line is everyone has to think about it differently and they have to have the uh, thought process of there is a better way. It actually can be done uh, the right way. You just have to, I think, have the want to do it. There's no technical Stopping of it anymore;
0: Uh, Hmm. those days are gone. No, is that why we fell into this sort of sloppiness? I don't know what else to call it. Shannon is because it it was difficult to track, or impossible, or even obfuscated in terms of tracking before. Why? Why is this pervades pervaded for so long? My
2: opinion uh, is, um, you know, when 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 you have something. So we're talking about third grade math, Mm. first of all, Mm -hmm. not complex. There's no there's no linear algebra. We're not doing any differential equations or integrals or anything like that. You know, it's like this plus this times that uh, you have a discount. I think what happened was, you know, it was freight is thought to be this mystical thing out there. And then the freight bill comes in, and it's supposed to be very complex. And, oh, I don't know. It's really, that's a complex thing. And it's like, is it, though? I don't think it's that complex. Uh, so I think they've just built up that voodoo out mm-hmm. there. Uh, and just for whatever reason, everybody, everyone accepts it. It's like the generally accepted practice is that you get a freight bill, and it's going to be off, you know. I used to say there's three sure things in life, you know, death taxes and a UPS rate change. And
0: And you've been proven right again.
2: (laughs) And uh, yeah, it shows my small parcel background, but there's really four. I think there's four sure things in life now is that your freight invoice is going to be wrong. Mm. And what's changed in the last, I'd say, five years, especially with the carriers, is that they don't mean to do it. They mm-hmm. really don't want to do it. Uh, and they really do want it to be correct because it doesn't do them any favors either. And I right. think that's where that's changed. A lot of folks uh, used to think that that's just the carriers trying to get one over on them. And it's like, no, they're not. They just made an honest mistake. And right. a lot of times it was because they either uh, loaded the rates wrong because you know, they have some. they have a lot of Uh, discounts and rules they got to load and it's just the law of law of numbers you know every nine Mm -hmm. keystrokes you make a mistake so or uh, it's that they've got a rule in their pricing agreement that can't be automated so somebody has to do it manually
1: again
2: you know we talk about that being data driven and leveraging data and it's like you know we as people when we make decisions
0: we're not as good as we think Right. Yeah. all the time
1: we fool ourselves a lot right
0: i think that's the, that's probably the key is there is something that is either being calculated wrong by their probably homegrown technology or it's still being manually calculated so i'm yeah. in kansas city so i know why freight bills used to be inaccurate yep you had to pay somebody <laughs> but that's not part of the truck as as big a part of the hardly any of the trucking industry now right, right? No, so, it did we, and there's no excuse for it these days. That. So I agree. I think that's good because some, as some of those manual processes have pervaded, it's allowed this inefficiency in the market to continue.
1: Yep. So let's get it. There's some good news here uh, delivered by Shannon Valencourt and the RootLinks team. And that's where I want to go next, uh, Shannon. We'll walk, walk through three secret freight auditing strategies To cut costs. And that last three words of that phrase is probably music to everybody's ears that are watching, listening to this. So what's the first one, Shannon?
2: I'd say the first one's the obvious one. You know, get rid of the rate tolerance. There's absolutely no reason for you to not pay the amount that you agreed to on the contract. And, you know, it it just comes down to, I think, taking a good look at, what are causing the issues and then sitting down and and being honest about it and saying okay is this just our rule is very confusing and that's where having a dialogue with the carrier will will help answer that question because again the carriers don't don't really want it to be wrong either they want it to be spot on because what they want is they want to send you an invoice and get paid within terms and anytime you are either holding an invoice because you're not sure what to do, you're out of terms, or if you're short paying an invoice, that short payment goes to a whole group at the carrier where the carrier now has a group of people that they're paying to figure out what to do with this short pay amount, and oftentimes they don't get it. So you're just increasing your cost with the carrier at the end of the the day anyways by doing that. So I think get rid of that rate tolerance. There is no such thing as it's not worth it. Um, And there's a way to fix it because the carriers will
0: absolutely fix it.
1: Okay. So, Greg, we can't tolerate the tolerance anymore. Your thoughts on the first first step here from.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that. uh, I mean, I don't I still struggle why this is such a problem because I know that we didn't. You know, when we, we were a retailer, OK, admittedly, it was always finished goods. It was a, there was always a lot more at stake than just the freight. There was also the product relationship. Right. And we wouldn't pay either invoice if they didn't match. And, um, you know, if it didn't match the quote. And I I I think you just have to take that perspective. But at, to Shannon's point, you can't also just push it back to the vendor because the <laughs> They'll make it up on the next year's contract or the next shipment or whatever. You have to create a collaboration there where you, you acknowledge, hey, we're seeing this issue over and over and over again. How do we come together and, and reconcile this, right? Um, and just starting that dialogue, I think, is, is critical. But the first thing you have to do is you have to do it right on your end. And, you know, like Shannon said, don't tolerate the tolerance.
1: <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Shannon, uh, you, you kind of couch that first one as as maybe the easy first step. What's uh, number two?
2: Well, once you do that, now you can start using the data uh, to help you make business decisions, and mm-hmm. that's where I think the the one thing that we look at and that we call it it's called um, lost savings. So you spend all this time, you go out, you you put in good good rates, good carriers. You've got your whole strategy. How you're gonna you know, move all your freight, Uh, and then, you know, how do you measure that to make sure that you're actually doing it? Because that's where you've run your analysis and you figure, I'm going to save X amount by doing this. Well, what if somebody's not following the rules? What if they just didn't get the the memo, you know? They just didn't get the the new list. Um, That's where the lost savings by leveraging now this data, has no rate tolerance in it, by the way, so it's the exact amount. Then you know invoice comes in, you re-rate it against your current rules. Did I follow my rules? If I didn't, what's the cost difference? That's savings I just lost because I wasn't optimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's where now you start thinking about this rate tolerance. So let's let's pretend we didn't do step one. Okay. We didn't do the rate tolerance thing. And you look at this freight after the fact and you're like, did I pick the optimal carrier? It's like, well, a couple of carriers are going to look cheaper, less expensive than that freight bill because most of the time, carriers are within a few dollars of each other, anyways. So if I have a $10, I mean, you yeah, know, seeing a $5, $10, $15, I and mean, I've seen 20 $25 rate tolerances, that could be your top three or four carriers on a lane are all within that dollar amount. So you're like, well, why am I not saving money? And it's like, well, because your rate tolerance one and then two you're not optimal either so now imagine you're picking carrier number two or three from a rate perspective on your list and then you're adding 10 15 25 more dollars to it
1: so instead of the data using uh, the data select carriers you're using uh the color of their trucks or how clean clean your trucks are you know i mean it (laughs) You need to you, use science and use the data you have and weaponize it, right?
2: I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, is it coherent? I'm going to keep coming back to that one. It's like you're going to be looking at it, wondering what's going on. Why am, I, why am I seeing what I'm seeing? I'm all confused. It's like, right, because it's just not good, clean, coherent data. So that's where I yeah. think that second thing is to use that data to measure your performance, because I think that will also help keep you uh, on track with what you're trying
0: to do. Greg? You've got a distorted picture already because you allowed the rate tolerance, right? So you start to lose track of what your cost should have been right there, yep. right? Then if you pick the second or third carrier, you need to add the rate tolerance to the the discrepancy between one and three, let's say. And and it's, getting, it's starting to get impossible to do that because of that, that tolerance and you know, you just go, this is what they charged me. We must've allowed that, you know, or that's what the contracted rate was or whatever. Um, and you just don't have the visibility to the, to that totality of data, to allow you to even make a good evaluation. It's getting harder because you've made two tactical errors here. Right. And here comes number three.
1: Yeah. Comes number three.
0: That's On then three,
2: I would say, you know, again, use that data to do your RFP. So once that rate tolerance is out of there, if you're using that uh, invoice data, no rate tolerance, and you're actually using that to re-rate your shipments before you decide on, yep, this is the carrier mix I want, this is the pricing agreement I want, Uh, then you're going to get accurate results. You know, and and that's the one where I've always been, uh, I kind of chuckle, when I talk to companies and they tell me, they're like, yeah, I've done this before where we've, uh, you know, done a a rate modeling exercise and we we were promised we were gonna save all this money and we just never saved anything. And I'm like, well, why not? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just, I never, I don't know. And it's probably because one,
0: they- (laughs) Those are the three most hated words in supply chain, at least for me. No, yes, that's okay. I don't know is absolutely unacceptable. Right?
2: But, but it's, unfortunately, in this case, it's actually true. It's yeah. the God's honest truth. They don't know because, uh, one, when they did the savings analysis, all they really did is they audited their bills in a way. They removed their rate tolerance without knowing it because they rated everything perfectly to the mm-hmm. penny. And then that's the savings number that they thought they were going to get, even though they're not going to to execute that way when it comes to paying it. So mm-hmm. they're 100% optimal doing exactly what they should be doing, but they were using artificially inflated rates uh, it, to compare it against. So, so really, you think about, you know, how do you, what's the real three secrets? It's almost like real estate, you know, it's like, what's the... What's the key to real estate? It's location, location, location. Those are your three secrets. So that's where the three secrets here is really rate tolerance, rate tolerance, rate tolerance.
0: (laughs) Because it starts the whole waterfall effect, right? you got
2: to get rid of it, man. Yeah. And there's no excuse for it anymore. And if you really are justifying uh, rate tolerance based on effort, you got to rethink your process. Your process is broken. It's not your carrier not your freight uh contracts it's your whole process is broken Mm. uh there's no reason today why you should be worrying about this anymore and putting in a five dollar buffer or a ten dollar buffer because it's just it's too much work Mm. that's what they say
1: so don't fool yourself so i got three if i if i got these greg 86 of tolerance step one use the data right optimize use coherent data and then number three is applying all of the data to the RFP. Uh, if I've got that right, right? And I think it's going to be a quiz later.
0: kind of a buildup effect, right? Get rid of the tolerance, right? Get rid of the tolerance and optimize, right? Yeah. Get rid of the tolerance, optimize, and use all that data in the RFP going forward. Love it. Yeah. It's like cascading. I'm well, so enthusiastic. I just pulled my. You know? <laughs> all uh,
1: right. So Shannon, uh, before we get into, um uh, I want to level set here in a second about what rate links does. So folks know kind of when to pick up the phone and reach out, but, um, why do you see companies not, I mean, these, these sound s- simple enough that my three kids might could, might could, uh, overhaul transform, our freight here at supply Chain Now, I mean, wh- why are companies and business leaders not taking this type of advice and acting on it?
2: Well, I, I think they're, they're starting to now um i think what i've been seeing in the market is that you know through everything that happened with with covid and and the stress that it put on not only people but on the systems i think now they're realizing that they they have to make a change and that the old way of doing things just isn't going to work anymore Uh, and i think that's where you're going to see this change now because you know you kind of get stuck in, in, your, in your way of doing things and nobody's complaining about it. You know, freight is, is what it is. What is it? It's typically 10% of annual revenue, I think is, mm. is what it is typically when you think about a company that has a billion dollars in revenue, they're going to have about $100 million in freight spend. That's
0: five bucks an invoice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it's a little bit more than that now anyways because of you know pricing and how it's gone up but i think that's where now with all the attention on supply chain all the attention on logistics i think that's what's making everything change now where they're realizing that we have this this crazy rate tolerance or why are we out of terms with our carriers and it's like well because we're we've got you know all this all these invoices that we're trying to figure out what to do with and you know and they're like well why don't we just you know these are close enough let them go and it's like whoa whoa Let's not do that anymore because there's real intelligence in here. Right. There's actual that data can actually make a competitive difference for a company. You know, freight could be the tipping point between them keeping a customer, getting a customer, however you want to look at it. And I think they've realized that now on the market, and that's why uh, things are changing, and yep. that's what we're seeing.
1: You know, Greg. Uh, earlier, I liked Shannon's observation that more and more carriers want to get it right too. Right? It's, it's not like the old days of uh, uh, voice and data. Remember the uh, sometimes your your voice and data bills from various carriers will be forty-seven pages long and buried in there the the, the slamming charges. You remember that back in the day, right? Not exactly how you want to do business. But what I'm hearing from Shannon is that more and more carriers want to get this right because they want to protect and, and grow the relationship and have all parties feel good about the numbers and um, transactions oh, that God, are going that's back and
0: so, That's so generous. <laughs> they don't care about that. <laughs> you know, I'm generous. The 14 bucks that it costs to process a freight bill is because of these inefficiencies. It should probably be like two bucks or eight bucks. <laughs> and I think people are doing the math wrong here. They're going, it's, it cost me 14 bucks to do a freight bill. Why would I dig deeper? But some of that cost is because they're they're not doing it in an automated fashion, which would bring the cost down of processing every freight bill as well. And the truth is for the carriers who we all love our carriers. Right. But for the but the truth is they are spending a ton of money to reconcile the invoices that get kicked back to them. That's what they ought to care about. That's what builds great relationships is doing stuff right the first time. Yep, and minimizing the excess and unnecessary costs of 18.25 million dollars if you do 10,000 freight bills a day and you pay five bucks extra every single time that's 18 million dollars down the tubes just completely wasted is that worth the time man hell yes it is
1: tis the season to be generous though tis the season to be generous all right so kidding aside um Shannon and Greg, I want to start, as we start to wind things down, kind of come around the home stretch here. As we've mentioned, you know, she, we mentioned, uh, you know we, we've been fortunate to rub elbows with you on a variety of uh, different shows here, Shannon. So for the three people out there that by now don't know what Rate Links does, in a nutshell, Shannon, y'all, obviously you've demonstrated a lot of uh, freight, been there, done that expertise here, but what does the team do in a nutshell?
0: Please tell well, me we solved this problem. Yeah. <laughs> we We help
2: companies – save money uh, on their freight. You know, we help them optimize their ship track and payment. Uh, that's what we do. We can connect the whole thing together. Uh, we've got a lot of technology that helps eliminate that rate tolerance on the audit side uh, and then leverage that data to help them be more strategic and make better decisions faster, which ultimately saves them money. That's really
0: what we do in a nutshell.
1: Man, I think that Greg... That sounded good to me. What about to you? I don't have
0: any idea what your technology costs, Shannon. But as long as it's less than $18.25 million <laughs> a year, why wouldn't people sign up for it? What? I mean, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, because it, it does, to Scott's point, you know, it, it does create a better relationship with with your vendors your carriers because you don't have this game at the end of every year where they're going, well we got screwed by this much so we need to add this to our rates right um, and likewise you know we in effect if you're a shipper you're almost screwing yourself out of that 18.25 million dollars because it's so easy to create accountability there that everyone as Scott said earlier that and you said Shannon that everyone wants to have right they want to comply there's something that disables them from doing that, that is, so is, i mean is there a is there a way to help the suppliers comply like do that stupid calculation that they're doing manually for them
2: you know it all comes down to technology uh, it really does i mean we've you know throughout our twenty years have evolved a lot and there's actually a lot of AI and machine learning that goes into our audit um, we can't there's no way we could eliminate uh, a rate tolerance and and in audit down to a penny without technology it's just there's too much,
0: mm-hmm. too uh, much and, data. and as you said it takes too much time thirty seven days right
2: well it's the it's the part of trying to figure out what's wrong right you know, that's where we have there's there's <clears throat> You know and you know we've made this mistake in the past if i go back through our 20 years and that's where we've evolved to this so it's like i totally get and totally understand how how people fall into this trap because we did too it's just we were able to you know do our process mapping and every time there's a person in the process that's a risk point
1: mm-hmm. and so
2: we just try to to put them at the right part of the process you know there's there's a there's a time and a place for our human ingenuity to be paired with a computer Mm -hmm. Uh, and the computer should be there for the rote tasks that just need to be done repetitively and it's like let the computer Mm -hmm. do the analysis to Mm -hmm. to bubble it up to the human for the human then to have a conversation with the other human at the carrier and and that's the collaboration that we do because again in order to collaborate you got to have the same goal And the goal that we have in working with the carrier is getting this paid at the right amount quickly, which is exactly what the carrier wants. So it tends to make it go easier. And the technology has, has filtered through all this stuff and told us, here's what you need to go do.
1: Yep, Mm -hmm. Love that. And let's see, we got a t-shirt ism here from Shannon. There's a time and a place for our human ingenuity to be combined with a computer we love that too.
0: Let um, computers do computer things, and that's yeah, right. need people to do people things. Right? Yeah.
1: So, um, you and the RateLinks team have brought uh, a compelling use case here, right? So, don't take our word for it. Kick the tires. Talk with Shannon. You know, uh, you know, get to the bottom where the where the outcomes and results are. So, tell us about this where you've worked with this Fortune 100 organization. To get these results, so walk us through this at a high level, and, and why should folks check out this use case, Shannon?
2: Yeah, I mean they were the stereotypical uh, problem that we're talking about. They had, um, you know, lots of invoices. They couldn't figure out what the problem was, and it really came down to three things with them, and it's the same three things that we see everywhere. You know, you've got one, you've got carriers that just have some rates loaded wrong. Two, you've got uh, some rules that are just confusing, not clear, or and then three, uh, their uh, truckload mileage was just wrong. Mm. Like, mm. That's maybe a fifth sure thing in life. If you're doing <laughs> truckload and you're getting invoice, your mileage is wrong. Um, it's, it's like the easiest one in the world for us, and it's just a matter of getting with the care and cleaning that up. But that's, so me- that's what we found with that Fortune 100.
1: So we have dropped a link to that in the comments. Y'all can check this use case out, but I want to pull people's attention. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> this, this less than 30 days to completion. You know, some of your earlier appearances with us, we've talked about kind of the ease of mm-hmm. which your team, you know, learns, you know, assesses, learns, and then gets to work. Speak to that really quick. And then we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with you, Shannon.
2: But again, our resources are, are pointed towards getting stuff turned on. It's not based on digging through thousands and thousands of examples of the same problem, which is what most typical audits are. They just go through thousands and thousands of examples of the one problem. So instead, our, our folks are more focused on getting us up and running. Let the computer do all that because it works thousands of times faster than we do. and. You know, it never takes a day off, never gets sick. Um, it just keeps rolling. It's got lots of friends that will love and love to come and join the party if you want to. So um, that's, that's my
0: quick.
1: so quick. Um, I, I like that last little tidbit you added to that analogy that you heard a lot, but hadn't heard the inviting lots of friends to the party. That's a good one. Um, okay. So, and yeah, like Kim Winner says, oh, the one and only Kim Winner's with us here today. Uh, sounds like a no-brainer. Bring it on, Kim. I appreciate that, and many of us agree. Um, okay, so Greg, uh, before we make sure folks know how to connect with Shannon and the RateLeaks team, I mean, what, 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 did, what did you, I mean, when, when, whether it's a use case, whether it's some no-brainer that Kim's talking to, what, what's, what do you hear here? What compelling aspect of the business case do you hear here?
0: Twenty years that's the compelling case that I hear is that I mean we all know there are a ton of Johnny come lately systems that do this. there are tons of 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 services companies that do this manually. Shannon has been doing it for 20 years he's he's made all the mistakes as he said, and he's built the built the safe whatever you want to call that the safety into the system to make sure those mistakes don't happen again. And he understands the dynamics and the business process and the problem that's created here. So a 34x return, right? I'll let you guys do the math. But (laughs) for $18 million, let's just say in your case, or scale it down based on how much extra you pay on average times the number of freight bills you do a year. I mean, that is a 34x return on investment in the first year. Is ten times over ten times what most companies want when they buy a technology or subscribe to a technology that solves this problem for them year after year after year, and I mean that you know that might that could allow you to not only save that amount in the first year but also create those efficiencies that bring that dollar amount for for um, getting a bill paid down from 14 bucks by maybe five bucks. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? So down to nine or maybe even less, but whatever. So the the cost accrual continues to increase as you do this. I've seen technologies. Hell, I've sold technologies like this. Shannon, we've talked about this (laughs) where the amount of of return on investment that you get continues to increase throughout the years. It doesn't decrease. It's quite the opposite Mm. because you start to expose other potential efficiencies in the organization that that um, allow you to capitalize on that because you got this big thing handled, right? You got $18 million handled. So now you can go after 10 or five or $7 million problems with all of that human intellectual capacity that you have freed up.
1: Love it. I like yeah. how you think Greg White. Okay. So You're Shannon, <laughs> Shannon Valancourt, uh, really have enjoyed, just like I, I thought, I, I love the, uh, Heck, from the hamburger discussion on the front end and including some of your business uh history uh, observations into some of the toys that i promise you uh folks in folks blind spot into hey stop doing that and then of course the three things and now we're talking you know kind of the here's the proof in the pudding here's the use mm-hmm. case to greg's point um so if folks want to reach out to you and the team and, and have a business discussion or grab an adult beverage or go chase a white ball around a beautiful golf course. Uh, you know, whatever, how can folks connect with you and the rate links team?
2: Probably the easiest way go to the website, www.ratelinks.com uh, or hit me up on LinkedIn.
1: It is just that easy folks. And you can find that one click away in the comments and in the episode notes. Uh, And that's, it should be that easy. Uh, Shannon really have enjoyed your perspective here today. One of our faves, uh, Greg, uh, it it's Mr. Consistent when, when Shannon shows up here at supply chain now, right? Uh,
0: well, I mean, you know, I have a particular affinity for Shannon and what he's done because we have a very similar philosophy on what technology ought to do. It ought to do big stuff really easy make a big impact and be easy to implement. And, yeah. and I think that is, that's core to good technology. And Shannon's been doing it for 20 years. has basically built the technology that millennials and, and that Gen Zs want now, that us poor Gen Xers mostly had to wait for, or could have been getting over the last 20 years if we had woken up maybe a little bit earlier.
1: So. <laughs> well, hey, uh, really appreciate that, Greg. But get ready, because I'm going to ask... One final takeaway from you, Greg, in just a second. After we thank Shannon Valancourt. Are we going to
0: cut him loose so I can talk about him behind his back? (laughs) That's that's one of our
1: favorite things to do, Greg. You know how we do. Uh, But Shannon, always a pleasure. Really appreciate your no-nonsense. Been there, done that. Uh, Innovative uh, thoughts and perspective. Big thanks to Shannon Valancourt, president and founder with Rate Links. We'll see you soon, Shannon. All right. Thanks,
2: guys. Take care.
1: I tell you. Um, I enjoy uh, that use case, man, to your point, man, if, if folks are out there and they're, they're battling these challenges and they want to get better. And and to your earlier point, which I think is really an important one man, free up all this money that's being wasted and put it into the growth of organization, your people. And, 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 and then some, you know, this use case is something to consider folks. Again, we've dropped the link in the chat. Y'all can find it uh, right here. One click away, you can download that from the Right Links team. Okay, so we covered a lot of ground last hour, Greg. Uh, And, you know, uh, we've got a wide and diverse audience uh, around the world. What's um, maybe for the non-freight expert, the non-logistics expert, um, you're kind of a more of a a general business leader. What's one thing, I'll attack it this way, what's one thing that they should keep in mind from what Shannon shared here today, Greg?
0: 34X. Great, great investors, right? The great minds of investing. Um, Monish Pabrai, Warren Buffett, Joel Greenblatt, Peter. uh, Oh, my God, that's embarrassing. The guy from Magellan Fund, whatever the heck his name is. (laughs) They all say, find out the value of something and then pay a whole lot less for it. Right. Ben Graham introduced this, this investing methodology almost a century ago. Actually, it might have been a century ago. Um, but if you find the value of something and you pay a lot less for it, that's a great return on investment. Whatever your number is, just imagine getting getting the return on the investment to to save that number, even if it's just a million dollars. Right. And you're paying one thirty fourth of that to get that number. That is an it is absolutely a no brainer, as Kim said. Yep. Do it. Just do it. I mean, we can prove it, of course. Right. Uh, You know, I mean, but I have no doubt that Shannon can deliver on that. He's done it over and over and over again. The Rate Links team is a really quality team. But my God, 34X, invest a dollar, get
1: 34.
0: How many other ways should I explain it? (laughs) That's good.
1: (laughs) Right? Hey, if you don't get help with Rate Links, get help somewhere, address, take action. Deeds, not words. I, I'm going to argue that
0: one point, Scott.
1: Okay, please.
0: Uh, Ratelinks has proved they can do 34X over 20 years. Don't expect that you can get 34X from any other company out there. Really make them prove it. I mean, you, you definitely know that, that Shannon can do it. He's proved it for over 20 years. But I, I think you got to be really careful because the space that Shannon operates in is very crowded. There are a lot of, uh, to quote our good friend Kevin Bell, opportunistic companies out Johnny there. Johnny
1: come lately's, right?
0: Johnny come lately's, right? People who are there because this space is super hot, but Shannon was audit when audit wasn't cool. for <laughs> a great country song.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. right? Well, folks, uh, i tell you, um, appreciate everyone joining us here today. Big thanks to Shannon, Valancourt, and the Rate Links team for coming back again. And, and look, what I loved about all of their appearances is you can take stuff away. And and put it to work. I mean, yeah, you should give a call, but you, you know, he gave you some goodness that you can do good with with your operation via that three point uh, checklist, uh, even if you don't uh, give him a call. But regardless, hey, folks, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for all the comments. Appreciate that. Uh, Kim, great to see you as always. The no brainer. Well, That was like a spike to football at the end. Greg, always a pleasure to be by
0: for that. I mean, you can see it from that far away.
1: All <laughs> right. Uh, Greg, always a pleasure knocking these yeah, conversations right. out with you. Yeah. Uh, thank you. But hey, folks, it's about taking action. Deeds, not words, right? Kick the tires hard, but take some action. And on that note, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. With that said, so we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks for bye.